0: So let's start with this month's theme, which is light in the shadows. Because I do believe that sometimes when we in Humanville look at the absolute principle of abundance, as for example, the universe is an abundant universe, or when we affirm something like abundance is mine, there can be a bit of a shadow there that is many times, if not most times, Unexplored. It's like when I was a child and wanted the night light kept on because I was afraid of the dark. I believed if the light was kept on, then there wouldn't be any darkness to be afraid of. But the truth is, it wasn't the darkness that I was afraid of, it was what I feared was in that darkness, such as monsters and tigers and lions and all kinds of figments of my imagination. So I didn't venture into that darkness, but instead stayed close to the nightlight. But then I grew up and came to understand that these were just all figments of my imagination and that I had conjured up, and I really didn't need to fear it. I didn't need the nightlight because I'd ventured into the seeming darkness and discovered it really wasn't dark. It was just a seeming degree of lesser lightness. Now, you might be asking me, (laughs) okay, Sabrina, what does this have to do with abundance and generosity? (laughs) It has everything to do with it. You see, we all want to live an, an abundant life or a more abundant life, and we love it when there's so much abundance that overflows into generosity, right? Okay, you're with me. So... How does that happen, exactly? I know it's a mystery, much to some people, as the seeming darkness was to me when I was a little girl. I also know some people are afraid to delve into that mystery because there's an unexplored false belief, a figment of the imagination, that abundance just might not be in the cards for them. They've studied the science of mind principles, they've written and said aloud affirmations to know in, but have yet to experience abundance. I know this because as a practitioner, I've had people come up to me and ask them for a healing in this area. I also know it could be a prickly area. And usually most things that aren't explored and kept hidden in seeming darkness, when poked can be uncomfortable, and cause a reaction from a place within us that we'd rather keep untouched and unexplored. But I'm inviting you this morning to a wonderful invitation, and that is to accompany me on this deep dive into shadows. Yay! So we can come up with some light. For light is clarity. It is knowledge. Light is understanding. Sometimes my prayer is as simple as this, let there be light. So with that prayer, I'm gonna follow our beloved Rev. Kath's lead and tell you a few stories. The first story happened when I was in my first year in practitioner studies. I'd been asked to participate in a collaborative book on gratitude. There were about 12 women some from California, some from outside the state, uh, state of California, and even some from abroad. So when we finished, we had a celebratory dinner, and I was asked to give the blessing. And afterwards, one of the ladies from the UK looked at me, and she said, with a wonderful UK Cockney accent, you've got the gift, babe. Well, I was beyond thrilled, because she was not just an ordained minister. She was a well-known published writer. I got the gift sorry after dinner as I was getting to know some of the other guests in spurts of conversational exchanges one woman let me know that she was also a member of Church of Religious Science you know Center of Spiritual Living Us and had served on the board of one of the largest churches in the LA area and she was also a published author and um, she handed me what that was her card but what she said was here's the card of a therapist I think could really help you Well, I was just floored. I mean, really devastated. And I took that card and walked away. So the next day, I had a session with my own practitioner because it suggested that if you're a student practitioner and also if you're an already licensed practitioner, that you have your own private sessions with another practitioner, much like therapists and other helping professionals. So I'm telling my practitioner about this dinner the high high and the low low, and she asked me if I meditate. I tell her, yes, I sit quietly and I don't think. She said, that's not meditation. And she asked me if I wanted to learn how to meditate. Bob, are you ready? What she called the pasana meditation. She told me that a daily practice of meditation would help me but stay on an even keel, not go on such wild rides of highs and lows, but be in a more balanced state of emotional equilibrium. I desperately wanted this balance. So I became a dedicated student, committed to my daily practice, even though for the first few months I'll tell you, those 10 minutes of meditation each morning and night felt as though an army of ants was crawling all over me. But over time, I learned to enjoy the spaciousness of sitting still and quiet while focusing on my breath and gently noting any distractions with generic labels before going back to focusing on my breath. That was almost 15 years ago. And today, my daily meditation practice is what grounds me, but it does so much more than that. I believe that if we want to grow and stretch spiritually, it's essential to experience some quiet stillness, which may at times feel dark or even uncomfortable. But we have to be able to sit still and be totally in the moment so we can be present and aware of what we're thinking and what we're feeling. The seeming darkness may come in the form of scary feelings, such as many, perhaps for some, anger or resentment or fear or anxiety. But when we're present in this quiet stillness with such seemingly scary things or uncomfortable feelings, we're then able to realize that we are not these things, but these are simply passing emotions, passing thoughts, and that this too shall pass. And when we sit and let these things pass on by, when we don't engage with them, and we don't let them distract us from being present in the now, as Sandy said, the shiny things, even if they're not so shiny, we come to understand that what we're doing is tilling the field of our heart and mind, so they can be sown with the seeds of divine ideas. For that is what true abundance is. It's divine ideas. Tell me there's not one mind, for this is my quote here. As our founder Ernest Holmes said it this way, you've already heard it this morning from Hazel, prepare your mind to receive the best that life has to offer. Hazel already prepared us with that quote. So when we are in the spaciousness of being in the present moment, we're prepared to receive with an open heart and open mind the divine ideas that are given to us from a higher source. We're prepared and ready for our inner soil has been tilled to have those seeds planted to grow into flourishing, thriving, abundant ideas. And we're prepared and ready to do what we have to do. We're prepared to be in sacred partnership with this divine source and do the work necessary to harvest the abundance. Or as some say here, treat, which means pray, and move your feet. So again, to quote Ernest Holmes, our founder, we must be convinced that abundance is the natural state of the universe to experience and accept abundance in our life, we must be convinced that as we conceive and believe, the universe handles the details. God wills us to have everything. The generosity of abundance is being present. It is the giving of yourself, your whole self to the moment. It is your presence as the present. And this doesn't have to be in the form of meditation. There are other ways to be present. For some, it might be hiking in nature. For others, it might be painting or making music. That said, I do believe that silence is powerfully healing. Or as we say, healing is revealing. For what is revealed is ourselves. Our capital T, true, capital S, self. Our precious self, created as an expression, and emanation of divine love, as itself in our human-veil form. Immersing ourselves in silence, we experience ourselves as this love, as this love unfolding love. So meditation or any mindfulness practice it's not about getting divine ideas. Or for that matter, as my practitioner who taught me meditation would tell me, it's not about getting anything. It's about allowing. It's about making way for. It's about preparing our inner soil for the divine to grace us with its love, its creative intelligence, its compassionate wisdom giving of ourselves wholly and completely, we enter into a space we intuitively know how to be one with the flow of divine reciprocity, the receiving and the giving of all that we are, all that we give and all that we receive. So it's as seamless and effortless as breathing. Okay. Again, you might ask, what does this have to do with abundance? Or to be flat out honest, what does this have to do with me having more, getting more money? Or if you want to put it nicely, getting more abundance. And again, it has everything to do with it. So let me share with you a second story that happened last Sunday. After almost a month of out-of-town guests, I made plans for Mother's Day Sunday, starting with coming to church, celebrating Howard's birthday, then going to hear one of my favorite musicians, who happens to live here in Prescott, other than Jackson, uh, and that being Esteban, and then going to dinner, I was invited to. So it's an abundant life, and I'm very grateful. But before getting ready for church, I got a text from one of my tenants that they tried to pay their rent due, which was wonderful, a day early but they got an email saying that my Zelle account was no longer active. I felt myself doing something I rarely do, and that is I panicked. I had scheduled payments coming up and due in a few days, and I envisioned this large amount of money being locked locked up in some eternal technological black hole where I would never be able to get it. I mean I went into a whole mental tailspin that ended up with me not only losing the rental properties I have and the home I live in, but being homeless and on the streets. So talk about feeling uncomfortable. I felt as though an alien had invaded my body and was punching every internal organ and mind cell to make me move out of my body as it wanted it as its new home. But then after an hour plus of some phone calls to various banks and texts to my tenants, the issue was resolved with the rent funds being received in my bank account. So now it was afternoon, I was late getting ready for the concert, and I could feel the hangover effect of that morning's drama. So I was a bit snarky with my friends who I was going to the concert with. But as I sat and listened to the music, I closed my eyes and gave myself wholly and completely to the moment. Then Esteban, who earlier had announced that because it was Mother's Day, he was going to play romance songs, started playing Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence. Now I don't know about you, but that's not in any way a romance song. (laughs) But it was one of my mother's favorite songs she would play a song she loved over and over again. And this was one song she played repeatedly. Tears welled up as my heart opened up. And I heard, not in words, but in feelings, that all is well. You're not alone. You're always abundantly provided for, cared for, and loved. It was then that I got the aha clarity that my morning tailspin wasn't about the money. Okay, this is important, what I'm going to say. Believe me, many times when we have such emotional reactions around money issues, it's many times, if not most times, not about the money. For me, it was about feeling motherless and abandoned on Mother's Day. But by giving myself completely and totally to the moment, and by years of preparing my heart and mind to receive the divine's prompts and messages by the tilling of my inner soil with a daily meditation practice, I was able to get this gift, this reminder that even though my mother died decades ago, she is, as she promised me when she was here on Earth, always with me. This is the divine talking to me, and this is me listening. So you might be saying to yourself, sweet story, Sabrina, but what does that have to do about me getting more money? Everything. Feeling panicked, I was in a reaction mode rather than a responsive mode. And 95% of the time, I'm in the mode of being responsive because it's something I've learned over the years with a daily meditation practice. Moreover, I can choose how I want to respond, and this opens up space for the divine to work in and as and through me, to speak its love messages to me, to grace me with its divine ideas and words of guidance and direction, But if I'm in a reactionary mode, I can't be open and receptive. I can't be joyfully curious to receive and hear and listen to these divine promptings. I'm closed off to the infinite abundance of divine generosity. So to close, I'll share snippets of my experience, or what I like to call demonstrations, that's an old-fashioned word, relating to money. First of all, my story is that I was basically orphaned when I was 16, meaning no financial inheritance, but a profoundly rich spiritual inheritance of having been raised as a child in unity. I left unity in all church, but came back when I was in my mid-40s. So that year, I was asked to make a tithing commitment. I looked at the card that asked me to fill out the amount I would agree to tithe the upcoming year. It felt as though it was too big of a commitment for me to make. But I kept thinking about it, praying about it, and walking around my neighborhood contemplating about it. So then I took the risk and put down what I thought was a gaspably huge amount, but still doable. A month later, I felt myself getting really angry at how I was going above and beyond for my boss, but not getting fiscally recognized for it. So following a divine idea prompt, I asked for a raise. And I was told that since my boss was the managing partner, it would have to go through him, and he wouldn't give me a raise. But his partner, who told me this, said there was another way and that he would pay me out of his own pocket an additional sum as a raise, because as he told me, it was worth his peace of mind to have my boss, one of his equity partners, happy. Now, ready? This is participation. Do y'all wanna guess what the amount of my raise was? Do you know? Ah, you got it, ding, ding, ding. You won the prize of being present. It was the exact amount of my rate uh, my tithe, the exact amount, to the dollar. So fast forward to six years ago, when I was a few months into my then-new job at my present firm, one morning on my commute, I found myself arguing with the divine, I call God. I was telling God I didn't like its message, telling me to give someone... Money to their GoFundMe. I was saying it was my money. Now, this isn't really an argument because God's response to whatever I tell it is, okay, honey. So it was more like a rant. By the time I got to work, I was exhausted from this. So I pulled my checkbook out, wrote a check for $100, and mailed it. An hour later, my boss comes in and, remembering it's my birthday, which I had totally forgotten, because I was exhausted by this rant. He hands me a card, and there's a check in there with more than double what I had written. So one more story. Last fall, within the space of one week, I had three such promptings, really divine ideas to give money to various people, which I did, because I had learned something good always came when I followed such divine prompts. Did a little bit of quibbling about it, but not like the rant. And I did tell God, wow, (laughs) seems like a lot of money there. But this was just an observation and nothing more. The following week, out of the blue, I get an email from my boss letting me know that I was getting an immediate raise. Well, let's just say it was a tad less than 20 times over the total of what I'd given the week before. So holy giving of ourselves, whatever money we believe is ours, and really, I mean, bottom line, aren't we all just stewards of money? I mean, that pronoun, mine, reminds me of a toddler yelling at the top of their lungs when the toy's taken away from them. Mine! When it's really all divine supply, all one divine source so we're all stewards of the money we receive and we give so wholly and completely giving of ourselves and whatever we may perceive to be ours whether that be of a material nature or our hearts, our minds, our emotions our thoughts, our feelings we give of our true self that being love without holding back, being totally present in the now, and out of this fullness of generosity comes an abundance beyond measure. Thank you. So now I'm going to do something out of the ordinary. I'm going to ask Hazel, would you mind do a a closing prayer? Thank you. And I'll go sit down now. Thank you.
1: Isn't she absolutely phenomenal? Let's applaud again. Because, Sabrina, with your thoughts, with your knowing, we are reminded anew that there is only one presence, that there is only one source, that infinite supply that knows no limitation, that knows nothing outside of itself. And it is always present. Coursing through over this universe, through over our planet, over us. This presence of total generosity, its gifts of love, of joy, of beauty, of harmony, of peace. And so I know right now that each and every one of us are of this source, of this one infinite supply, and that whatever sense of limitation or doubts or fears that we may have I returned back into the nothingness from which they emerged. For I know that there is only one life, and that life is God's life. And so I am so grateful in this moment of abundant generosity, grateful for the message, the words that resonated within our hearts that Sabrina gave, remembering for us as we remember for ourselves the truth the only truth. For as Jesus, the master teacher, stated, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so in that sense of freedom, we walk lightly. We are buoyant. We are vibrant. We are whole. We know who we are, that identity of who and what we are. We are spiritual And we are the glorious expression of that divine life. And so with that, I give thanks for all that has taken place, for the words that have been spoken, for all that is, how grateful we are, knowing that we are never alone. And with that, all I do now is I just simply release these words into that universal law, that heart of God that says yes and I let it be and I anchor it by saying and so it is.